This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. What a fun day we've got here on the Plains. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you just want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. I'm JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy and Ryan Lavoy here inside our studios, and we are so thrilled, fired up to be able to go back to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our good pals, the radio play-by-play voice of the Atlanta Braves, Ben Ingram, kind enough to stop by. Ben, how are things for you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, very well. Right. Thank you so much for asking. When you sit there and you reflect back on this 2022 Atlanta Braves squad, what comes to mind first? I think the first thing that comes to mind is them catching the Mets. Uh, I think all summer long, that was the focus, is winning the division and trying to get back into the postseason, and they did that. And I think as it stands right now, this, the sting of, of not performing in the postseason still hurts a lot of folks when they, they think back on the campaign. But when I think about the summer, I think about that historic race and how great it was and how entertaining that all was and finally catching the Mets in the final week of the season. That really stands out to me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, going back and looking at the beginning of the season, there was all that talk about Freddie Freeman, uh, and then uh, there were some uncertainties at a lot of other positions. I mean, do you feel like the Braves maybe surpassed some expectations this year from what people were looking at at the beginning of the year? Yeah, maybe so. I think that's fair. And, and, and what I what I mean by that is just focusing on the win total. I think right. when you focus in on anything beyond that, you'd say, well, it compares. It, it pales in comparison to last season. And what wouldn't as they won the World Series last sure. year? But coming in, I think when it comes to uh, a season and expectations, one of the two things that we look at more than anything, I think we look at where a team will finish in the division and how many wins they will come up with. So given that they won the division, I think that was an expectation. But winning 101 games, I think a lot of people would say that surpassed the expectations that they had for this team. And, Ben, obviously you mentioned the, the postseason part of it and, and losing to the Phillies. We've seen this particularly in the National League East the last I mean, three of the last four or five years with, with East teams maybe not amongst the, the top teams in baseball throughout the regular season, but then getting hot and, and just blasting through the postseason. I mean, what do you think goes into that? Because uh, the Braves obviously last year had a similar see, uh, season to what the Phillies have had this year. And then, of course, this year they have the 100-win season, have that incredible run from really May on, but then are, are left empty-handed, so to speak, in the postseason. And that, that's the million-dollar question, and I think it's a question that there is no answer to. I think we spin our wheels when it comes to what does a team need to do in order to succeed in the postseason. And if, if you tell me, well, the team needs to be hot going into the postseason, uh, well, I would tell you that this Phillies bunch lost 13 of their last 20 games to finish the season, and they figured it out and got it going at the right time. And then you've had other scenarios, like the Braves last year got hot down the stretch. We saw the, the Nationals in 2019 win eight straight ball games going into the postseason. They go into win the World Series. Uh, I don't think that there's an exact science. I think that the more teams that we have in the postseason field, the more random it's going to become. That's simple mathematics. The more teams that are in there, the better chances of chaos. Um, you go back to what baseball was up until division play in 1969. If you won your league, you went right into the World Series. That was the playoffs. 
there, there wasn't a division series or a championship series. You won it, you went to the World Series, and that was that. Now we have 14 teams that go into uh, the postseason. And um, the more teams you let in, the more chaotic it's going to be. And I, I feel like it's just a matter of matchups. And when it comes to this Braves team, my people keep asking me, or are they just out of gas after the Mets series? Are they just have just enough to get across the finish line? I, I say no. Um, I, I, this is a this is it's it's very simple to me. The Braves versus the Phillies went in there, and and the Phillies were the better team in those ball games. The Braves had it handed to them by a Philly team that was just better than they were for those four days. Uh, that wasn't the case over the over the course of the regular season, as the Braves finished 14 games ahead of the Phillies. But that doesn't matter come the postseason. Um, I remember last year people kept saying, "Well, the Braves only won 88 games, and, and you can't expect them to do a whole lot come the postseason." That didn't mean anything come the postseason. What you were in May and June and July that has absolutely no bearing on on the team's success or failure right now. And what a team is right now is the most important thing. And I think that's one of the, the amazing things about baseball and this current postseason format is that it is so unpredictable and that it is so hard to uh, to really put your finger on why certain teams do better than other teams come the postseason. Uh, and furthermore, for the, for the fact that you have three National League teams who combined for 313 wins in the regular season, and they only combined for three wins in the postseason, and the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers. So it, it, is, it is fully chaotic, and I really don't think there's an answer to what it takes uh, or what you're looking for out of a team once they get in. It's just a matter of a, a matchup that day, your guys versus their pitcher. Yep. So uh, looking back through this season, I obviously – a lot of games. You called a lot of games this season. There's a lot of games in the in a regular season uh, and in the postseason. Was there was there one individual moment that really stood out to you uh, as far as broadcasting, making the call? Uh, one individual play event that just really jumps out at you from this season that maybe you're really proud of the call that you did on. Sure, that's a really good question. Um... I think there are a few that, that jump out. I mean, anytime you get an opportunity to call a walk-off win in the big leagues, that's obviously fun. And we had a handful of those this year. Those are always great. Uh, I think what will stick out to me from this past season when it comes to my contributions behind the microphone, I think number one will be that series versus the Mets. Uh, those three games where the team needed a sweep. I felt like they could win two out of three. I didn't think a sweep was possible versus those pitchers. And I think a lot of people felt that same way. And, and they swept the team. And, and having that environment, um, having those three wins in your ballpark, to me, that felt like a postseason series. That was a blast. And that's something that I'll really carry with me for 2022. I felt like game two, the division series, was as great uh, of an atmosphere as I've seen in the ballpark. And that counts the World Series last year. I thought game two of the division series where Kyle Wright went out there and beat the Phillies and even the series up one apiece was uh, a really fun night. And two other things that jump out to me, I think Austin Riley's uh, walk-off base hit to beat the Diamondbacks on the final day of the month of July where he set the franchise record for RBIs by a Brave in a month uh, to pass Hank Aaron. That's a big one. And the 14-game winning streak, everything that, that went through um, – uh, that the team went through in order to get there and then win 14 straight games. That was fun every single night. I know we had a lot of fun with that on the air. And those are really memories that, that I have of uh, the 2022 season for moments that I got to call and bring to our fan base. Uh, another thing I would have to imagine, that being a play-by-play guy, 
you really have to enjoy when you see a young kid come up and he's getting his time finally in the major leagues and he does something special. And, and I'm thinking of, you know, a guy like Vaughn Grissom when he hits his first major league home run. Uh, I mean, that's got to be a special moment right there as a broadcaster to be able to call an event when you see a young kid really living out his life dreams right there in front of you. Yeah, it, it's a great story, isn't it? I mean, you think about seeing something like that in a Hollywood movie, and, and those are the things that, that – uh, that's the kind of drama that you love to see because you don't see it all that often. One of my favorite elements about what we do is when the unexpected happens. Uh, when you have a moment that you, you, you never saw coming about, when you have a player that comes out of nowhere and has a big month or a big week or even a big season – uh, I, I think when guys come up and make their major league debut, a lot of times that story lends to that narrative because here's a guy, no matter what the guy's background is, whether he was a first overall pick or whether he's some guy that was taken late in the draft, here's a guy that no one knows. Here's a name that maybe you've heard, but you don't recognize the, the player's face. You've heard stories about him, maybe at spring training or maybe at, uh, during, the, during the minor league season. But there are so many unknowns when it comes to a guy making his major league debut. And, and that, really lends, uh, that really leans, I should say, really hard into that unexpected nature of what our game can present uh, on a night-to-night basis. It's so unique with our game because we play every single night, and, and, and seasons can change. You know, 162-game season, you'd think that, that maybe one game wouldn't be that momentous for a team, but, but it can be, and, and those moments can be, and, and for reasons like you mentioned, and Vaughn Grissom's a perfect example of that, and that night at Fenway Park is a moment that I know none of us will forget, and certainly Vaughn won. That was awesome. So now that we're in this moment of reflection and talking about the year that was for the Atlanta Braves, your 2022 National League Eastern Division champions coming back in the fashion in which they did and talking about moments on the mic, Ben, it was absolutely epic for us here in the Auburn area on 1230 WAUD to hear you with the emphatic come at the Kings, you better not miss as the Braves defeat the New York Mets. The internet absolutely loved that that happened. I'd love for you to walk us through those moments as it's happening and then just your response to seeing the reaction that that had online. It it is funny because you never know (laughs) what is going to be wildly popular and what isn't. I mean, you you make a call, and there are plenty of calls that that I've made through the years that I thought were were really good calls that maybe didn't get the traction that, that that call did. But it was just that moment coming together and, and you just it, it, you never get those um, opportunities as often as you want. So when you do get them, you have to make sure that you nail them. And when it comes to a game ending, you just want to put the perfect narration on what that game means, what that win means, what it, what it means for your ball club. And um, the, the way that that took off, man, I, once it came out of my mouth, I, I thought, okay, well, I really feel like I punctuated this the way that it deserved to be because you always want to match with your words and your inflection what just happened on the field. And you know when you do that. I mean, when you, when you nail one and you know that it, it matches what happened on the field, that people are going to remember that. And I think that's the most important thing. You want to make calls that match moments that people remember. Uh, when, when people think back on winning the World Series or a, a, a particular uh, Dan Beef Swanson play or Freddie Freeman or Austin Riley or whatever it may be, it, it's always the ultimate compliment when they also remember your side of that moment, your, your description of that moment, your words. 
And, and I think that's our challenge as broadcasters is to put the right words together that make it memorable. I, I can't think of a, of a grander compliment than that than for that to be memorable to fans, for, for them to see that moment and think of the words that I attach to that <laughs> moment, and they go in unison together. Because what those guys do down there on the field is, is far more important than anything we do. Uh, it's far more challenging than anything we do. So just to, to be part of the memory for a fan is, is extremely meaningful to me and to Joe and any of us who do that. And um, getting to, to punctuate that moment with my words and have people reflect on that and, and, and put the two together and remember them as one memory is, is certainly um, at the top of the mountain for me. Ben, it was awesome. It, it was such an amazing moment, and we're certainly going to be saying that amongst ourselves for, for many, many years to come. A moment like that was just absolutely epic. Yeah, and you just hope for more moments like that. I mean, and that's the that's the great thing about where this team has been for the last five years is they've given us some really good moments, and and having so many of the players under contract for years to come, you just hope that there are more moments like that and better moments to come over the next several seasons. Have you said Dansby Swanson's name associated with the Braves uniform for the final time, or, or do you think that uh, he'll be back playing at Truist Park for the Braves next season? Well, that's a great question. I think if you had asked me the same thing last year about Freddie Freeman, I would have said I'm not done seeing Freddie Freeman in the Braves uniform. <laughs> and then and then the business side of things did what it does. Right. And, and it's so unpredictable. Um, there's just no way to know. I think once a player enters the realm of free agency, it's extremely unpredictable. I know that Dansby wants to be here, um, wh- whether it be in passing uh, or on the airplane or in wherever in the clubhouse conversations off the record that that is the attitude that he has conveyed to me and to others who do what I do he's told us all he wants to be a brave now that that doesn't mean that he's he's guaranteed to be a brave wanting to be a brave for the rest of your career and that actually happening are two different things Dansby also knows that he's he's what 29 years old I believe he is this is his last opportunity at a big, big contract. This is an opportunity at generational wealth. And not to say that it's all about the money, but that, that's a humongous part of this. Sure. It, he has a responsibility to himself, to his family, to his future wife, to his future kids, uh, to, to set them up and, and make sure that they are in a really good spot for a long time. He has the opportunity to do that uh, with this contract. So whether that's with the Braves or whether that's elsewhere, I know that, that that's a responsibility that he'd like to fulfill um, there's also the, the element of the team and, and what they're willing to offer. And I know that they have made strong offers to Dansby. And just because a contract hasn't been signed yet doesn't mean that those offers have been turned down and rejected. I think that he has a lot on his plate and a lot to consider. And he's trying to you know figure it all out and make sure he makes the best decision for him. I feel like the team wants him here, and I feel like he wants to be here. But, again, I said the same thing about Freddie Freeman last year, and he ended up a Dodger. So I think we just uh, stand on the sidelines, and we wait, and we hope, and that's really the most we can do when it comes to Dansby Swanson and his future in the big leagues. That's what we're good at. We'll we'll stand and watch and see how all this plays out and that sort of thing. Ben, what do these next few months look like for you now that we're exiting baseball season? What's the life of Ben Ingram going to look like over the next few months? I say the same thing every time when people ask me because, number one, everyone says, so what do you do in the offseason? My answer is I have a life. I get to say yes to all the things that I have to say no to for the last seven months. So um, I'll get a chance to go back home to Mississippi for Thanksgiving and Christmas, things like that. Um, I'm going to travel with my girlfriend. In fact, we're going to be making a couple of trips, one this weekend and one again in December. 
and uh, I'll try to spend as much time with my friends as I can and remember uh, what it's like to have friends. So that'll be uh, something that I look forward to. So it's a good time of year, and next thing you know, you'll be wrapping up for spring training here in a few months. Tell us what the Egg Bowl is like as a Mississippi native, because we have so much focus on the Iron Bowl, and we've talked about your connections to the university with the girlfriend in the past, but uh, as we are a month or so away from the Egg Bowl and the Mississippi native that you are, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that, that that fans of Auburn and Alabama would see lots of similarities with, with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You know, if you live in the state of Mississippi, similar if you live in the state of Alabama, if you lose that game, it is not fun. I mean, that, that's a year where it sticks with you. It's not just, okay, you lost the game and, and you're over it a week later. It, it's not fun to live in that state and, and face your friends because we all have friends of the opposite fan base. And no um, doubt. that is a, a talking point all year. And, you know, I have lots of family. My, everybody in my family, with the exception of me, went to Mississippi State. Um, so when it comes to Thanksgiving, we have lunch, and then we kind of all go our separate ways, and uh, maybe everybody's ready to talk to everybody by Sunday uh, for, for, <laughs> for, for, uh, for lunch after church. So it, it's not fun to lose that game. When you win that game, it is so much fun. It's so gratifying. And, even if you have a disappointing season, if you can win that game, at least you finish on a high note. Um, but I, I love rivalries, and uh, I, it's one of my favorite things is that is that ball game every single year because of what it means and uh, how much people uh, put into it and how passionate they are about it. And I know that, that Auburn and Bama fans feel the exact same way. And uh, while you might despise that other fan base and you hate losing to them, I don't think any of us would ever trade away what that rivalry is and, and what that experience is like because it's as good as it gets in college football. Very well said. Very well said. Ben, thank you as always for your visits throughout the baseball season. Always a pleasure catching up. Glad that we're a part of the Braves Radio Network down here in Auburn and weekly chats with you and Kevin McAlpin uh, here on the program. Thank you again for doing this. And uh, like you said, next baseball season will be here before we know it, and we uh, we can't wait to chat with you then. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me today.